Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's NCAA tournament week, but that's not the NBA, so we don't talk about it. Hope you enjoy it. Um, joining us from Los Angeles, probably somewhere in the Valley if I know her, is Ramona Shelburne. Hi, Ramona. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the Valley. I'm deep into the Valley. Does that sound exciting? Yes. That sounds, it makes it sound like you are, to go, huh? you are a Valley girl. That's not an insult, is it? Like, you know, forever, right? Right. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's what a Valley girl is. That's right. That's what that's what I thought when I was growing up. That's what I knew a Valley girl to be. Uh, and joining us deep in the heart of Texas, um, in Dallas, at his home where he won't be very much for the next couple of weeks, is Tim McMahon, Band McMahon. Have you been banned from anywhere recently? I think you're. I think for the moment you're allowed in all thirty arenas. Uh, so far, so good. Now we'll, we'll see how things progress. But it is a pleasure to be joined by Ramona and and Wendy as as always. I appreciate so, uh, yeah. Uh, so last night we had, um, I, we had interesting games last night, but, um, most consequential game to me, a Philadelphia got, uh, I don't know if it's a must win game. It was a regular season game, but they had been owned by the Celtics. They were 0 three against them during the regular season. They, of course, lost in five games in the playoffs last year. They won a game that, uh, they felt was, was pretty important. And actually after the game, Terry Rozier mocked them for how important they felt it was. Um, they, it was a terrific game down the stretch, real back and forth, possession to possession. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler had a big, uh, fourth quarter. He had like 12 or 12, 11 or 12 points, had a, um, a basket that, um, pretty much clinched the game. Joel Embiid had a terrific game. Uh, he had took, he took the night off the night before against Charlotte, basically just to gear up for that game. I know he's had some knee issues and he's protecting himself a little bit, but it was pretty clear that he was really wanting to send a message in that game. There was a, a flagrant two and an ejection and everything like that. There was a little bit of spice in it. And the not only did the uh, Sixers get the win, but um, the victory put them three games up on the number three seed with the Pacers in the loss column. And at this point, I think they're in great shape to get that number three seed, which is about the best uh, thing that they could hope for. So Ramona, uh, did that victory impress you? Uh, or, you know, you just write it off as a regular season game. I mean, it's kind of, no, it impressed me. Um, and I think what I've been wondering about with the Sixers the whole time is, you know, we're, we're at this stage where, the other teams now start to scheme for them, right? Like the top teams in the East, they all have to be thinking about this is who we're going to play if we need to get through. And, and Philly, to me, is always the team with potentially the biggest stars, the best talent, et cetera, but they have to put it together. And, like, you know, what they have, what happened to them last year in the playoffs against Boston is, like, that's their, their mountain to overcome, right, where it was sort of seen as um, there was a way to scheme against their talent, right, Brad Stevens outcoach Brett Brown, et cetera. So I think, you know, we have to see this talent that they've now amassed come together. But, um, but yeah, I think anytime when you start racking up wins like this, 
um, it's almost more important for them internally than, than us, right? Like they have to believe that they can beat the best teams. Yeah, well, uh, they didn't have any, uh, if you listen to Joel Embiid after the game, there was mm-hmm. no, uh, lack of confidence. Um, yeah. man, they're seven and, they're seven and one. Now, they haven't played, you know, the, the starting lineup that the, the, uh, the, the team that, uh, Tim Bontemps calls the Fantastic Five with PH for Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seven and one when that group starts together. Um, they haven't, gotten to play together that much because you know the trade for Tobias Harris didn't happen until February and then right and B was out a bunch of times um McMahon you know you know uh, and B was pretty proud of their accomplishment last night are you buying that this group is good enough and the seven and one record is representative enough uh, of them being a force in the east now well, let me also just get it on the record that that nickname is an epic failure, and if you want to put a pH on failure, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but, look, that was a huge win, I think, as much as anything. It's one thing to project confidence. It's another thing to kind of, yep. you know, have that. And now they, if they did not beat the Celtics and they were in danger of facing Boston in the first round, that would yep. have been an absolute catastrophe. So. Not only can they go into the playoffs if they do run into the Celtics and feel like, okay, hey, we can beat these guys, uh, but it drastically uh, improves their odds of avoiding Boston. And I, I thought it was, I mean, it was a statement game for Embiid. Yeah. The best walk-off interview in the league. I mean, is there even, like, who's even a challenger? But, you know, he, he he's a guy who obviously he pays attention to stuff. He knew the, and I'm not going to call it a narrative. He knew the storyline because it was based on fact that Al Horford guarded him better than anybody in the league. And he yep. went out there and was an absolute dominant force and couldn't wait to talk to Cassidy about it. Yeah, he was. He like he was even bending down to make sure he was eye-to-eye with her. I appreciate that he does that because he's got about a foot and a half on Cassidy. He's got a foot and a half on me, too. I'm not, um, he's got about three he, feet on me, Brian. <laughs> Momo, you know, uh, you know OMB pretty well relative to people in the media. Yeah. Um, he's been confident for a long time. Uh, this is his, this is, you know, he's come, sort of come into full bloom this year. I mean, he really showed that he was an all-star level player last year, but, um, he's gonna be probably second team or maybe even first team all NBA, probably second team behind Jokic. Uh, he's gonna get consideration for his defense on all defense. He's, you know, he's 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 definitely the real deal. We don't worry about his feet anymore. We're a little worried about his knees. But um, I mean, when you have a player like that, you have a difference maker, and 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 he believes in himself. And I don't think he's going to be intimidated. And I think you showed that last night. And, and you know, you know him, and you've known him for a while. So yeah, um, I, I this this won't be ending anytime soon with him being braggadocious. Yeah, I mean, what, what did he finish? Thirty eight, thirty eight points and twenty two rebounds. <laughs> it was a career high in like, rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Embiid is, um, he, uh, last year when I was, I was spending a lot of time with him writing a big long story and then I spent some time with him in the playoffs and I kind of learned a couple of things about Joel. Um, he loves it when you boo him. Like, he loves going to opposing arenas and hearing, and, and hearing the fans go after him. I think he gets bored when you don't, right? I think like like McMahon, you should appreciate this. You're kind of a troll too, right? You love it when people come after you, hey. right? Like on, on social media, you know, like that kind of gets right. Like, like you like that, yeah. Like, but I, I make liberal up. use yeah, out of the mute button. But there is a little bit of a thrill that comes with a good strong mute. Yeah, 
right? You know, like I, I think that's I think that's Joel. Like he's you know we he's 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 almost as good as Shaq in giving nicknames to himself or other people. Um, and at the end of you know some of our time together, I was I was getting into this psychology of your troll. And he's like, oh, that's me, Troll Embiid, <laughs> right? Like, uh, right. kind of is him, right? Um, and I think what, he, what, what, when you say he loves doing the walk-up in it with Cassidy, that, that's it, because he wants to talk big. He was the guy last year saying we should go to the finals. Like, the idea being, I want to put the pressure on myself to live up to what I've now yeah. bragged about, what I've now said. And, like, I, I, I just think he gets up for these big games. But, uh, you know, Tim, what you're talking about with him and Horford, like, that was big. Like, they, they lost 8-10 to 10 to the Celtics before this. Uh, Horford had kind of had his number. Like, where there was this thought that he maybe had his number. Um, anytime you dare Joel Embiid to, to defy you or to, to beat you, that's, like, perfect for him. That's what he loves. Because otherwise, I, I don't know if, Bored is the right word, but but that's what it feels like. Like if you're if, if you go, he told me he goes if I go to an arena and it's quiet, nobody's yelling and nobody's cheering. I'm I'm kind of bored. No, you're <laughs> right. He, no, right. And he definitely he definitely uses social media, and and he yeah. you know when I was with him in China, he he talked to me about this. He's like, look, there's a marketing component to it that there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he absolutely uses it to set the bar high and put pressure on himself. Like, look, if I'm going to be talking all that trash, I better back it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and as much as anything, the dude loves being the center of attention. He loves the yep. spotlight. He loves all the kind of the, the benefits that come along with that. And then he loves having the weight of it on his shoulders. I, I think more than even Butler fitting in when they made that trade, uh, and B just wanted to make sure, hey, I'm. This is still my franchise. I'm still the man, and everybody's going to kind of fit in around me. Mm-hmm. So it is worth pointing out that the Celtics were without Gordon Hayward in that game. Aaron Baines, who's a really important defender to them, sprained yeah. his ankle. And by the way, it's a sign. I don't. Thi- I don't know if they put out an update today, but Brad Stevens said last night it's a grade two sprain. Oh, and those are typically, you know, everybody's yeah. different. But I'll, so I'll say typically again. That's typically a two to four week injury, um, so it's not a minor injury. So he may be out until the playoffs, if not a little bit longer. And if he comes back, he may not be right. And then Marcus Smart got ejected. Um, in <laughs> Embiid, maybe a little bit of a, a flop uh, after Marcus Smart pushed him, but uh, it was a retaliation um, for it Embiid. It was a strong kind push, of, though. I mean, the, the the technique on that was a was just flawless. And the best part of it is the still photo with, with Smart's face just kind of so calm, but him pushing the guy as hard as he could. Yeah, and uh, he got ejected for that. So down the stretch of the game, they didn't have really their best perimeter defender uh, in Smart. They didn't have Hayward, and then obviously B- Baines wouldn't have been out there at the end. But, you know, they were down three of their key guys. So the Celtics, who, you know, have been taking some losses again in our Despite Indiana, Indiana is doing what we thought they would, which is putting up a valiant fight on the West Coast but losing. Had a narrow loss in Portland and then a narrow loss to the Clippers. Um, even though Indiana's going back, Boston has lost a couple of games this week and they remain in fifth place. But, you know, they could look themselves in the mirror and say, all right, you got us one time, but there was all these uh, things going against us. And um, their the free throw disparity was big last night. I didn't watch enough of the game to be able to say whether that was a legitimate complaint or not, but certainly the Celtics fans were pointing out that there was a huge free throw disparity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this, I, and I think it was a definitely a confidence builder for the, for the Sixers. To, to me, they're the biggest, um, they're the biggest mystery in the East. Um, you know, the, the Bucks now have some injuries. Yeah. Um, I was say, the and Bucks, so that's, yeah. Mm, that's tough. They've got two major injuries, and then it's a matter of, I think it's probably optimistic just to expect those guys to hit the ground running when they come back. That's true, but I know who they are. I know who they are when they're together, and if they're hurt, they're hurt. Uh, I, I, I kind of know who the Celtics are. I know that they're just inconsistent. Um, the Raptors are rock steady, and they had a, another, they had a nice win, uh, without Kyle Lowry in, uh, in Oklahoma City last night. We'll talk about the Thunder in a minute. This, the Sixers could could win the East, uh, and you know because they have maybe the best starting five and and threaten the to win the title, or they could get knocked out in the second round. I really don't know which it's going to be. It's very hard for me to read them because they haven't played together as that group much. But you know the data is the data. Um, they're seven and one when they're together, and in the in the in the time that those five have been on the court. Against the Celtics, and that includes the last game that they played, which the Celtics actually won. But when that starting five was out there together, they dominated um, that stretch. I don't know. I don't know what Philly is going to be, and uh, I don't know if last night helped me. I just know that that win was really important to them. And, and um, you know, Philly's playing. They're 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 playing really well right now, and really since Embiid's come back. I mean, Embiid, it hadn't been any. Well, let's chip the rust off now. He's been a force ever since. Uh, he came back, and I, I, I do think we can say that they have the most star power of those East powers. I mean, they've got, you know, Harris wasn't an all-star, but they've got, if he'd have been in the East, he would have been. They have four all-star caliber players, and I don't, I don't that's not something we can say about other teams there. I agree with that. Um, well, I mean, so Oklahoma City had, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ramon. No, no, you go ahead. You're the, you're the MC well, man. You run the show. Yeah. Well, Ramon, I wonder. You got to just take the rock from him. I'm, I'm just telling That's you, right. just take the rock and and, and go. <laughs> uh, so uh, Oklahoma City lost last night. Um, they've now lost ten of fourteen. Their schedule's been very difficult. Uh, Paul of George will take the rock, Russ. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Um, they, they lost a game earlier this week when he was suspended. Uh, and well, he didn't get any text last night. I don't think he did, at least. Um, so that's positive for them. But but uh, they've now there's essentially a, a four way tie for fifth place in mm-hmm. the uh, in the West. And uh, Oklahoma City had had some cushion there, and they've given it up this last three weeks. And uh, they have another game with Toronto on Friday in Toronto. Now it's uh, Kawhi played 42 minutes last night. And Kyle Lowry missed the game with an ankle, and I don't know if he's going to be ready. So it's possible that the Raptors will not play uh, Kawhi or Kyle uh, tomorrow, um, and, and the and, this, and the, uh, the Thunder may catch a break there. Um, and then they have a five-game homestand where they can kind of get right again. So the schedule favors them a little bit, but um, their offense has cratered during this stretch. Paul George. I have to assume because of the shoulder injury, he's actually being bothered by both shoulders, but it's the left shoulder mm-hmm. that's really been bothering. His shooting has fallen off a cliff. Um, you know, he did hit some big shots last night. He looked much more like himself last night, so that was encouraging. But, McMahon, this team, I think, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think their payroll is around $150 million. Um, 
you spend $150 million on a team, you're not expecting to be in eighth place, which is essentially where they are right now. Well, and, and um, look, this has gotten I mean, pretty they serious. They came out of their all-star break, and, and, and they're thinking, okay, three seed, two seed, where are we going to fall? Like, okay, we'll have home court. In, I mean, it really it didn't feel like there was much doubt that they'd at least have home court advantage uh, in the first round, and then the bottom has fallen out. And, and Paul George, coming out of the all-star break, it felt like, he was probably the third horse in the race, but a, a legit three-man MVP race. And, you know, obviously the injuries have been an issue, but he has completely fallen off a cliff uh, since then. And, I mean, it's it's not – I just – I always do – I always – it's the lesson the 2011 Mavericks taught me. Let's not freak – and the, the Cavs last couple of years certainly have reinforced this. Let's not freak out too much about – early March, although it's getting later in March, but about early March results. Yeah, I remember those Mavs went on a road trip, got killed in, mm-hmm. in L.A. Yeah, Ramona, you, I'm sure you were at that game. Oh, went, yeah. Like, blown up by like 30. Went and lost to what was a bad Warriors team at the time. Went and got their butts kicked in Portland. And I remember writing like, oh, there's no way this team's a contender. And then they get hot at the right time, you know, as a three seed and, uh, and win the title. So, and the you know the Cavs the last couple of years at this time were just awful, so I don't want to just completely overreact, especially because the Paul George injury issue. The Warriors you know, were bad in March last year. Yeah, but man, yeah. they have they've gone from really you know being in a a solid position to you know they're in danger of, of opening up in the Bay Area, and obviously that's nothing that anybody in the West wants to do. I mean, if I'm if I'm the Warriors, I am pissed. <laughs> Man, yeah, the, right. the Warriors don't want it either. You're right. Oh my God, the idea that you'd have to play Oklahoma in the first round when you know just a little while ago they were thinking they were getting the Clippers probably or or San Antonio. I mean, you know, no, no offense to those two teams, but I don't think you know they a first round series against Russ and Paul George is what they were hoping for. But like you know, I I saw this uh, I saw this from um, from Royce the other day, which was it, last night when he was just kind of like. Um, just breaking all this down. Um, he said, Paul George checks the standings, right? And after the game, he looked up and saw the Thunder were now eighth. At the All-Star break, they were 17 games over 500 and third in the West. They're five mm-hmm. and ten since the break with two separate four-game losing streaks. I mean, that's, you know, it's a pretty staggering drop. And, I mean, it can happen out West, right, because the standings are so closely bunched together, so many good teams, but, like, you know, to, to go from where they were to where they are now, it's pretty, it, it's it's pretty damaging, right? It's not just like a a swoon. We're not playing well. It, like I, it feels like they have a lot of injuries. They're limping to the finish. They're, you know, last night what were they, fifteen to twenty nine in free throws? I mean, you know, you can't win many games. I mean, it was like a miracle that. they um, managed to send that game in overtime. Yeah, it took a yeah. miracle. Yeah, I mean, now they had a bit of a schedule bubble. Their schedule had been favorable, and so they were. Probably not a 17 game over 500 yeah. team, but this is the stat that blows me away. And again, I'll just reiterate: I am aware that Paul George is injured. Um, but before the All Star break, um, per 100 possessions, uh, Paul George was uh, plus minuses was plus 11.2. So, you know, games are around 100 possessions, give or take. So Paul George is out in the court; you're outscoring your opposition by roughly 11 points a game, give or take. That is MVP level yep. impact. We can go around and around about about plus minus, but you know that it backed up with all across the board. 
since the All-Star break, and he's missed three games with injury, but since the All-Star break, his plus-minus is minus two. So we're talking about a 13-point – and by the way, before yesterday, the spread was even bigger. Um, But we're talking about a 13-point swing uh, on Paul George's impact on a game. And that's – you know that's amazing, uh, and just uh, you know the Thunder. They're a team that has a very high potential because when they play their best, boy, are they good. Yeah, and they have experienced players, etc. Ramona, I'm just um, if they finish eighth and get knocked out in the first round, there may be oh. consequences here. Uh, like I, I mean, could see I, Billy know, Donovan, even though it's not really maybe his fault, but I could see Billy Donovan. Being in some trouble, and he just got extended. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. I always I love this quote. Um, you know, it's from Tex Winter, and Phil Jackson always used to quote it. Right? He would he would say, you know, Tex always would say that this game turns on a trifle. <laughs> right? Like it's one of the great I mean, one of the great quotes about basketball of all time. Right? It turns on the trifle. I mean, it, literally, like I when when I was doing interviews, I mean, this will there'll be clips of all of us saying things like this, talking about Paul's MVP, talking about you know mm-hmm. the. Uh, they were the scary team to me in the West. Like, if there was one yeah. team I thought had the talent to unseat the Warriors, it, it might have been the Thunder. It still might be. I mean, I don't know. What if they? I agree, and, and it could. I don't, I don't see it right well, now. Well, like but, I said, they've got a six-game or five-game homestand coming up. It could turn on a trifle yeah. again. Yeah, but I mean, they, you know? that's, that's 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 what this feels like right now. They're, you know, like what you said, they, you know, the Cavs always used to have this. I I was covering the Warriors last year. When they went through their like the you know limp into the playoffs, but for the Warriors, it it really it really felt like they had a bunch of nagging injuries, and then guys were just sort of bored waiting for the playoffs to start, and they weren't all that connected. But you know, there was like a forty eight point loss or something in Utah on the last day of the regular mm-hmm. regular season last year. That you know this this happens to, to good teams, but the, it happens to good teams that have a history of going to the finals, not teams that are hungry on the come up, right? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think Although it's those 2011 I mean, you know, Mavs, I go back to them. They were they were yeah. bounced in the first round a couple of years yeah. before that. So, like I said, I just don't want to overreact. But boy, they better get it right. I, I'll also say this though: as much as the Warriors don't want to face them, like okay, look, nobody's going to pick the Thunder to upset the Warriors if they end up being an eight seed. But you don't think that, and they wouldn't admit it. But you don't think the Nuggets and the Rockets are kind of looking at the stands, going, "Oh Jesus, please don't let, don't let OKC be our first round opponent." Like they, they, they are definitely the team that those top seeds are hoping they don't have to to see. Well, I, I don't know if you guys want to back me on this or if this is what you've heard, but when you talk to teams in the West, they don't fear the Nuggets. They're no. you know, and there's and there's nowhere to. I mean, the Nuggets are a half game back of the Warriors. So you don't know whether they're going to be one or two. Like I said, teams five through um, eight are essentially tied. So you have no idea where – nobody's going to gear themselves. Everybody wants a shot at the Nuggets. Um, Just because the Nuggets haven't they, tasted the playoffs at all. I mean, they've got two guys with playoff experience and one's fallen out of the rotation. And here's here's what people say to me. For, uh, my retort is better be careful what you ask for because the Nuggets are a great home team. They're, if if not if they're not the best home team in the league, they're one of the top two or three in terms of record, and that you know they're going to have home court for the first two rounds. Um, but the, the what people will say is that their best player, which is Jokic, is is more neutralizable than 
in a playoff setting, they feel, than a guy like Durant or Curry or Donovan Mitchell or James Harden or Paul George. They feel like in a playoff setting you can def- you can defend him. Um, I don't know if that's fair or not, but like just going to be honest, that's what people are saying. And if the Nuggets want to use that as a battle cry and uh, have themselves think that they're a uh, underdog, uh, even though they're going to be the a higher seed the first two rounds, that's fine. But that's just the reality. Well, it's a theory that can't be disproven right now because he's literally never played in a playoff game before. So, I mean, I, I can understand it, um, and th- yeah, they'd be the team if I'm if I'm down there fighting five, six, seven, eight. They'd be the team I'd want to see. By the way, there could be a hundred different reasons why, um, you know, you know what happened there, and I'm not pointing a finger. But the other night in Milwaukee, when LeBron didn't come out, and nobody with the Lakers seemed to know why or where he was, just not a good look. It's it's just kind of like you know Rondo sitting in the fan seats. It's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't think it's an indictment on anything, but yeah. it's just, it's just not a good look. But speaking of the Lakers, um, Ramona coming out to your neck of the woods. So doc rivers, he's actually done this before. I remember yeah. one year, um, with the Celtics, uh, he got eliminated by the heat in the playoffs uh-huh. and it wasn't, he, his contract was a little bit up in the air. And after the game, it was in the post-game uh, press conference room. One of the Boston media said, hey, Doc, uh, have you given any thought to next year? And he's like, yeah, I actually signed a five-year extension uh, two months ago. I just didn't announce it. I'll be back. Or whatever it was, <laughs> three-year extension. Like he yeah. just announced it like um, – so I wasn't uh, – it, was, it wasn't the first time that Doc just came out with uh, a comment about his contract and out of nowhere. I don't think this was quite the same. Ramona – so what was your reaction when you heard that Doc uh, basically said thanks but no thanks to the Lakers and I'm going to be with the Clippers? So, McMahon, I think you might have been the first person I heard yeah. this from, right? It was, yeah, uh, I'd heard it. Months it was, it was and a months while ago. back. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then I, I kind of sniffed it, sniffed around, right? You know, I uh, see where that was coming from, where his name. And it was, it was one of those, Brian, I have this expression, sometimes there's a, there's there's rumors that just float along like in the Santa Ana winds, you know they just they're just blowing in the wind, right? Um, so that had been blowing in the wind for I guess I, I feel like it was several months ago that you asked me about that, Tim. Um, and you know I I kind of checked into it then, and uh, I didn't I didn't hear anything real from the Lakers side. Um, you know I, it just kind of seemed like something that was out in the coaching atmosphere, but. It, Everyone mm-hmm. I seemed to ask about it in the coaching atmosphere. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I heard that too. You it was know? it was very um, very very out there. Very out there. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those where you couldn't tell where it ever came from, but that everyone had heard it. So sometimes those are echo chambers, right? Those are like you know, hot little rumor starts going, and, it, and everybody's heard it because everybody's heard it, right? Everybody's <laughs> we're all asking each other about the same thing. Um, so I, you know, one thing I did is I, I just. A little while back, I checked in with the Clippers, and it was like, okay, so what's going on with Doc's contract? Didn't he sign an extension a little while back? And then, you know, I thought he had another year on his deal, and it was there was some kind of convoluted thing where they had a they had a, a an option on him, but he could also get out of it. Um, it was so a it weak was, extension. It was not exactly like you know, it wasn't exactly yeah. like oh, we're married forever. We, we they, it wasn't exactly a renewing of the vows. Right. And it right. was, it was known in the league 
that Doc's extension yeah. was weak and had outs to it. it, and it, I it think was like yeah. it was like going Facebook official, but really no yeah. legal. <laughs> you know, nothing I legal. Good anything, job. We can always count on McMahon to speak to the millennials. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you. you know, that's that's what I really thought the whole thing was about, which was, you know, people knew his contract wasn't like solid that he had outs and they had outs and that was going around. And I just kind of read it as like, Oh, is it, is he trying to get a new deal? Are they trying to do a new deal? Like whatever it was. And then, you know, he it didn't hurt his leverage. We did. Yeah. That was, that was a good leverage play there. However, that was floating around. Um, and as you know, the side benefit is that it's a, it's a, Oh, it's always a fun look when the Clipper coach can say, I'm not interested in the Laker job. Right. That, that's always a nice, a nice well, it's never happened before to- probably. So, well, well it, we've just had a little back and forth that I don't I don't know if it's made like national headlines, but out here in oh, LA it's been pretty funny. Uh it's been okay. discussed on this podcast, uh, Ramona. I know what you're saying. Balls, balls, yes. balls. <laughs> balls. <laughs> balls. Okay. So I feel you know, like they let's add a few Z's to that. Balls. <laughs> I mean it, that is uh, you know in the history of Laker Clipper rivalry things. Um, it's pretty minor, okay? There was, you know, a lot of people don't go back as far as I have because I've covered the, you know, Donald Sterling goes and moves the Clippers from San Diego to L.A. Um, <laughs> right into Jerry Buss's backyard without, you know, but and not, not he didn't call him or say, what are you saying? He just did it. And then he sued Jerry Buss in the league, <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, actually sued him. I think it was a $25 million lawsuit, um, you know, arguing antitrust issues. Like, you're not actually allowed to say anything um, that would discourage another team's business. So what's, um, I think that's, that's a pretty clear thing in the league. It's like if there's some team that's thinking of moving or they're thinking of doing something to their bottom line, there are actually rules that other owners can't say anything to discourage, um, to discourage competition, to discourage uh, business, another team's business. But there's also sort of an unwritten rule of like, if a team, the Lakers or the Clippers, were to like move out of Staples Center, they would sort of be talking to each other about it. Um, in this case, it doesn't seem like they were talking to each other. It seems kind of like they were talking to Irvin Azoff, right? Um, yeah, about each yeah. other. Yeah, about each other. And um, you know, I, I, I have a pretty good sense that some fences have been mended between the two owners since then. Those emails have come out and, and all that. So I don't think there's a lingering issue there. Um, but, you know, the, the doc thing was interesting, right? Like a, a little back and forth between the... That the said... And we're going to... And we're going to get I don't into think Steve Ballmer... I, I don't think Steve Ballmer wanted to lose his coach to the Lakers. No, no. but even, you know even if this he, also This also is, uh, a in a way, Doc saying, hey... The future is brighter with the Clippers than it is with the Lakers, and do you disagree with that right now? Uh, let me Not ask right you now. this: and, and if if Anthony Davis ends up in LA this summer via a trade, I don't think it's to the Lakers. Uh, I'm not ready to say that. I, I I do think that the Clippers actually have a pretty good package to offer. Should that's 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 something that no one has talked about is because of that Tobias Harris trade, they mm-hmm. have assets that they could. They could offer. And they've got young studs too, you know, including the and, and this is trade, important. And this is important. Well, the Lakers have this too, but the Lakers, or the Clippers have the cap. The Lakers just gave them. Right. Well, the Clippers have cap space, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't, you know, have to send an equal amount in, of salaries back. They would have to send 
draft picks and potentially like, you know, Shea Gildas Alexander or Landry Shamet or something like that. But, uh, but anyway, Ramona, um, Doc, you know, he, what is your impression of how Doc has handled being, you know, he got demoted. I don't know how, you know, you could, you can finesse it, but at the end of the day, he got a, he got a stripe ripped off his, uh, ripped yeah. off his shirt. Uh, he's, you're not the president anymore. You're not running the team anymore. You're just going to coach. And by the way, his coaching job the last two years has been fantastic, uh, since, since they took yep. that off of his plate. It was the right yep. decision for a hundred different reasons. But I think if it was me or you, any of us, uh, had been demoted in our job, we probably would have been looking for another job. So the fact that Doc may not have been 100% happy, uh, at least, you know, coming into the season or whatever, that was not a secret out there, especially after he got kind of a limp extension. Um, I think it's been incredible, right? I mean, if you look at just the way that he has coached the team this year, but the last two years, you know, I, I, I think last year they kind of fell off at the end because they had some injuries and stuff, but they were, had, had a similarly surprising season last year with a team that, you know, didn't really have any stars. Blake was, you know, they traded Blake, right? And, and Chris Paul was gone to Houston. And, um, you know, DeAndre was gone. It's, it, it's, DeAndre was in a, in a weird place, obviously, last year. But, um, Gallinari was I, hurt. I think he's done, in, yeah, Gallinari was hurt. I, I, Patrick Beverly was hurt. Uh, I, I think he's been really incredible as a coach. And, and that's sort of, the way I would describe him um, when you're around him now, there's, he's kind of like the old doc. Like I think when he was in, in charge, that was just a, you know, yeah, you want the power, but it's kind of a pain in the ass, right? It's a lot of, it, it changes who you are as a coach because now players that you're asking to trust you or also, you know, as a coach, uh, don't really trust you as a front office guy because you might be trying to trade them or, you know, maybe they're upset about the contract you gave to your son, you know, that, that, that hurt him, I think for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, no I, I, I do think it hurt him with other players because they, um, you know, I, okay, you paid your son, but you didn't pay me. You know, I, I, I heard that. And, and, you know, that's just a, that's just a that very complicated situation. Yeah. Right. It wasn't really yeah. fair. The other thing is, is that Austin and, you know, I don't think I'm talking out of school here. Yeah. Other players just don't like Austin that much. He's not, he's not well liked. Am I wrong? I mean, I think that that just, um, I think that just compounded it. Um, yeah, the compound- it. Am, I mean, am I out of line? Like a, you know, he's got a, he's like a Duke guy. Okay. Right. He's got that, like, you know, people just don't like those Duke guys sometimes. And I think it's compounded by the idea of, you know, he's his dad's son. You know, did your dad get you the job in the league? I, I personally, I've always had a really good relationship with Austin Rivers. I, he was, no, I, I had nothing was, bad you know, to say about him personally. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I actually, am I wrong? No, people I, don't, like, players don't know him. I mean, if you talk to him, you like him, but I, but you're right. I always yeah. think he's well liked, you know, everywhere else, but. I mean, there's I, I, I like a there's a reason there's a reason that Trevor Ariza got so pissed off yeah. that it was Austin Rivers in street clothes talking trash yeah. uh, on the Clippers bench and you know led to all the whole you know brouhaha uh, secret tunnel yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a sense that Austin Rivers is an entitled you know rich kid whose whose daddy got him. Uh, in the NBA, like you said, there's a Duke King thing, and look, Austin's brash. Well, his dad didn't I get him in the NBA. It. He was a he was I'm a lottery pick, a, but uh, look, the, con- the contract was certainly. I, I think it's, I think most of the reputation and the perception of him is actually unfair, uh, but there is this perception of him uh, among some of the other players. Um, 
you know, and, and he is brash as hell. I mean, Austin is is delightfully cocky, and it's great for us. <laughs> yeah. he's a cool machine. I right. figured you'd like him, Tim, once you get to know. Oh, him. Good. no, I, 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 yeah, no, I was lobbying for the Rockets to sign Austin before CP3 went down. And not, yeah. one because I thought he could help him, but two because yeah, I, I like guys who fill up a notebook. But but to get back to what Ramona was saying, you know, <laughs> that was a fa- that was a factor. The whole yeah. contract that Doc got, get, or you know, that, that Austin got while Doc was there, it was a factor in in all that. Um, but I do. I mean, I, it's, I, it's, I you know, I, I've had four or five players say something like that. You know, when he got his contract, oh, you pay your son, but you didn't pay, you can't pay me, and I. I think that hurt him. I think, you know, him having to trade guys or there'd be rumors or this or that. I, I actually think it's just, you know, but it's also like it comes, it, it was a pain in the ass. It's a lot of extra work. It's a lot, totally different job than being a coach, right? There's, you know, there's the only guy who's really successfully been able to do both is Greg Popovich. And it's because he has R.C. Buford doing most, most of the, the, the shots, right? I mean, he's, he's, it, it's more that Pop is, you know, oversees it and he does the overall direction, but you know, RC is a, a very, very strong um, general manager who doesn't have the mm-hmm. title of president, right? But there, there, there's not a lot of people have tried to do the to do both, and it doesn't. It, I mean, it, it was a spectacular work. failure for Tibbs in Minnesota. You know, the, yeah. Doc has been better off since they like after Pop. I don't know that there's going to like that thing might be. Yeah, Dan Van Gundy. Away. Right? No, it, it'll happen again. It, it'll happen again. Because a coach, will, why. a coach will take a power play. That's right, because there, there will be a team that's desperate enough and a coach yeah. will be in such demand that it will happen. Yeah. But one of the reasons why it doesn't work uh, is because exactly what Ramona said, because no matter what happens in a, in a, even if you like your GM, there is a good cop, bad cop scenario that develops. Yep. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're named in a trade rumor or you're, you're not happy with your contract or whatever, <laughs> and you're on the court, and you, you, you know, you're not looking at the guy that did it. And in the case of that, you are looking at the guy. But what the thing that it's amazing about Doc to me is typically when ownership changes, you yep. tend to see, um, the coach change. It, you know, obviously it doesn't always happen, but typically there's turnover and the coach changes. So we saw ownership change and Doc survived it. Then typically when the front office changes, usually within mm-hmm. a year or so, Obviously, there's cases where that didn't happen, but usually within a year or so, you see a changeover in the coach. That is mm-hmm. that also happened. Now, it was particularly unusual here because they took one of Doc's assistants, Lawrence Frank, and made him his boss, which has proved to be a really smart move by Steve Ballmer because Lawrence has yeah. now got one of the most well-run front offices in the league. But So Doc has survived an, an ownership change, a boss change, and the promotion of somebody underneath him to now be over him. Those wow. are three things that yeah. almost certainly spell doom. I mean, even in the corporate world, when owners change, you often see leadership changes. It, it, it happens all the time. It's not unusual. Yeah. It's, and Doc, here Doc is, still doing the job and doing it well. I think it's a miracle he's that a, it's worked a out. coach of the year candidate. Well, Brian, you left yeah, he's out a coach of the year candidate thing, too. You left out a whole other thing. They also went through a rebuild on the fly. They, you know, they dismantled Lob City. Okay, that's right. And and, And then a second rebuild this year. Yeah, this is kind of. And they 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 traded their best player in the middle of the season. Yeah, didn't it look like they were tanking at that point? Like, oh, let's try to try to, you know. (laughs) Doc went from Doc, you know, and. 
Right. Doc went from coming into the season thinking he was going to uh, have a chance to compete for the title, although they never really did. But, you know, you thought it. It was a possibility to, you know, like, well, yeah. well, maybe we'll make the playoffs. I actually talked about him. I actually talked with him about that earlier this year. I said, is it different when you come into a season and you've got all these expectations and you come into a season expectation-free like they did? And he said, yeah, it's different, but you, you'd rather come in with the expectations. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, just hats off to him. But I also think that if Doc had become a free agent this summer um, with the coaching jobs that are open and especially the Lakers, yep. um, it would have been it would have been bad. So I think that the Clippers, regardless of, of how everything went, but I think the Lakers thing made it a reason to, to get it done now. But now they don't have to worry about it. Now their coach is settled, and the last thing you want if you're a team trying to pitch free agents – um, is uh, uncertainty with your coach uh, another strike against the Lakers? Unfortunately, I think it's. I think Big that's win for the, balls. The, we got to pivot the. <laughs> we got to pivot into a discussion. I, I guess partially because the Lakers are you know Dunsky, right? They're, they're for, for now, this summer is so important to both LA teams, and if you know, you know the the the, the classic political line: Are you better off now than you were four years ago? I, I I don't know that the Lakers are better off now than they were one year ago in trying to pitch free agents. Yeah, um, that is the Clippers uh, certainly are though. Yeah, the, I mean, boy, the, and really, what you're getting at, Ramona, is do stars want to play with LeBron? And then we've had that discussion a million times. But I definitely like. Look, it's an upset if the Clippers don't get Kawhi, and almost the question there is who can they get to go with them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'm not ready to just write that in just yet. I, I, uh, I said it's an upset. I think Kawhi's happened. I think Kawhi's doing okay in Toronto. Now, do am I Am I betting that he's staying there? No. But I think the situation with Kawhi right now is as good as the Raptors could have ever hoped at this point. Mm-hmm. I hear you, but I was there earlier this month, and it was cold as hell. I mean, it was. I, I, I agree. Negative in the Celsius, I agree, but which I don't know what that translates to. But I don't know. I was freezing. I agree, but you make your free agency decision in June, and you know, allegedly July, but it's almost always June now. Um, but um, yeah, Ramona, that, I don't know if you could have a better statement about the Lakers than you just made. Are they worse off than they were one year ago uh, mm-hmm. when they had? No stars on the team, and a bunch of young guys, and and just mm. cap space. Um, and I, I just can't. I know that it's. I know that it's. Uh, it's not exactly breaking news. It's clear to everybody. But I just can't believe they haven't been to the playoffs in six years. I mean, I you know I've been in LA no pretty much my whole life. Games for- okay, I can't even believe. I'm mad to be honest because I like to stay home for a round or two in the playoffs, guys. You know and. You know, thank God the Clippers are back in the playoffs here. You know, but I mean, you know, that's you know how big a difference, how much, what a big difference that makes when you're the team in your home market at least stays home for a round or two. But this is this is the longest drought in a long time, and I, you know, they they had a couple of droughts, right? After after Magic retired, there was a little drought. There were like the the Nick Van Exel years, but the the Lakers have. There was some stat that I used to know off the top of my head so well, but it, it's because it's been so many years since they've been in the playoffs. But it was, it was like in the years that Jerry Buss owned the team, I don't think they missed the playoffs more than two years in a row. <laughs> Never more. Well, the, than two the, years this in drought the is is what is it? Since they moved from Minneapolis 
this drought now exceeds the total number of times they missed the playoffs, I believe. Before, oh my goodness! I don't, I don't think they've one. made the playoffs since Doctor Bus passed. Nope. Do you think that? Nope. I mean, the last one was a. Uh, woo! Yeah, Doctor Bus passed. I think it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hmm. boy, that's a that's a depressing note if you're a Laker fan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wait, wait. yeah, you guys are really cheerful. My goodness. Well, well you know, I think the league is the rest of the league loves this, though, right? I mean, they love. <laughs> oh, this. you what's, think? What's everyone's favorite sport? You know, kicking the Lakers. Did you Did down? you see uh, the interview with uh, Jimmy Goldstein uh, with our friend Arash Markazi in uh, today's LA Times? No. Um, no, you know, if you don't know who Jimmy is, he's the he, he's no. the guy who uh, I, I should probably pull it up because I don't want to misquote him. But you know, Jimmy is the uh, he's he's almost eighty years old now, but he's very famous is fan. He? You certainly know know what he looks he's like. The he's the guy with all those really expensive, and ugly clothes and yeah, yeah, long gray um, hair, expensive clothes, and six foot blonde models by his side. There it is. They know him, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, he. Um, let me find this quote because I want to. I want to be accurate, but he basically, you know, he basically said the Lakers fans deserve this drought. Um, he said, "I've always been an anti-Lake." He, he's got Lakers season tickets. He sits in the like the second or third row. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's I've always been an anti-Lakers fan. I have to chuckle over the Lakers' problems, missing the playoffs six years in a row. Lakers fans deserve it. And basically, what he is saying is the is the soul of a lot of the rest of the league. Who has Lakers envy uh, or Lakers resentment all for all the success that they've had for the last 30, 40 years, um, which is na 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 na. But there's no doubt that the Lakers, that the NBA is a better place when the Lakers are good. Um, you may not believe that if you're a Nuggets fan or if you're ever a Knicks fan or you're a Timberwolves fan, and that's fine. But uh, empirically, mm-hmm. the, the league is a better place when the Lakers are good. And the fact that what Ramona just said, that they may be in worse off than they were a year ago, and nobody can deny that. That you that you that you have to say that may be true um, says a lot about it. Um, we have to go, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Ramona. Uh, okay, McMahon. Thank you. Yep. Uh, enjoy enjoy your time on the road. He's got a big road trip coming up. Um, <clears throat> thank you to Kyrie back in Bristol. Thank you to Andrew Hahn, and thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective. Have a great weekend. Adios, amigos.